What it is, what it do, gamers. This is Kevin, a.k.a. Shonuff71, coming to you with episode 14 of season one of the Gaming Vessels podcast. Along with me in the digital studio, we've got the food max of gaming, Trader Joe, Joe Fangul. What's going on? Not much. Easy breezy uh, Sunday evening. Good stuff. Easy breezy, winner winner, chicken dinner. No PUBG in here, though. <laughs> no PUBG. All the, all those PUBG isms. Yes. We've also got the Bay Area Terror. Dez, what's going on, my friend? Not much. Just here, ready to talk games with all you guys. Okay. And uh, for our discussion, our discussion for this week. We are recording uh, on August 20th. The Gamescom goodness, uh, Microsoft's infomercial. It wasn't really a press conference. It was, uh, uh, I actually haven't seen the whole thing yet, but uh, the data dump uh, that we got from uh, their presentation regarding the the Xbox is going to we're going to be discussing that primarily with regards to our news and information section. But going into our uh, topical our, our topic issue for this week on the 17th of this month, uh, Ryan McCaffrey, those of you may know him as a uh, as a journalist for IGN. He is also the uh, lead host on IGN's, uh, uh, what is it, um, uh, their Xbox podcast is, uh, well, uh, Podcast Unlocked. Um, he wrote an article, it's an opinion piece, on entitled How I'd Fix Xbox's First Party Problem. I would suggest everybody take a look at that, whether you're an Xbox fan or you're not. Um, one of the things that I kind of dig about Ryan is, and, and you know, just like everybody, every every uh, uh, professional out there in whatever industry you're following, I you know, I know some of his his uh, some of the things I've read uh, from him, I haven't necessarily agreed with, but one thing I always appreciate about Ryan is that it comes from his articles come from a, a place of thoughtfulness and um, he's addressing the, a major issue that's going on in the world of Xbox right now. And that is its lack of first party content, exclusive content. Um, regardless of what the marketing spin tells us, Exclusives matter. All you have to do is look at the in, the NPDs for software uh, for the past several months, and you're going to see games that are exclusive on one pr- platform or another, and uh, that aren't on the Xbox console. Uh, uh, Persona 5 is the one I often want to bring up because most folks thought that Persona 5 wouldn't would not see more than um, uh, niche level uh, status. Uh, I think it's fair to say that the sales numbers for Persona 5 have pushed it well beyond niche status and it has been in the top 10 uh, fairly consistently uh, post its release window. 
So it's not just that, but there's Horizon Zero Dawn. We can talk about uh, the success of Uncharted 4. Obviously, you know, Nintendo with their Switch, you know, Legend of the Zelda Breath of the Wild. Exclusive content does matter. Exclusive content moves consoles and exclusive content drives sales. Um, and we can argue as to how much of that is, uh, you know, an individual, uh, how much heat an individual will give it. But um, the, num the, the numbers are there. I mean, uh, they just are. <laughs> and uh, in this article that, that Ryan uh, wrote, he addresses uh, some of those issues and what he would do uh, if he were in charge of getting of, of addressing this problem and he he has a lot of he has a lot of I, a lot of really sound ideas that I've heard other people mention uh, rebooting fable not the the what was that fable game that was that they were trying to push off was it was it a connect no. game or it was a card game or uh, fable legends fable or, legends yeah. it was a uh, four versus one. Uh, multiplayer online um, game, basically. So, okay, I think, a, I think I think there is a card game too. Okay, yeah. Um, Lionhead broke off. They obviously they splintered them, uh, but they did license the uh, Fable license from Microsoft, and they are in the process of developing their own uh, Fable um, CCG uh, video game right now. So, mm. but. Uh, some of the things that he mentioned as bringing back a proper fable, uh, bringing back uh, the first-person uh, shooter RPG Shadowrun, Crimson's, uh, uh, Crimson Skies sequel, uh, my, my, probably my favorite, the, the, the one that uh, spoke the most to me, is throwing some money at uh, Tomono Tobonobu Itagaki and uh, bringing him on board to make a spiritual successor to Ninja Gaiden, since uh, uh, that series hasn't been hasn't really done much since uh, Itagaki left Team Ninja. Uh, the return of Splinter Cell, and uh, something that I think we would all would like to see make a return: the uh, Xbox Live Arcade. And uh, some of the indie content that uh, that program brought, and it, in a way, just basically returning Xbox back to its focus on gaming content. And I, I understand, I get it that they're on this games as a service thing, but um, based off, and I haven't, I haven't seen the numbers specifically. If, if any of you. Uh, you guys have, you can correct me on it, but I'm hearing, uh, I've been hearing um, rumbles of uh, like barely over 100,000 units sold for the most recent NPD numbers in North America. And I haven't seen those numbers yet. I don't know if they've been, been released, but if that is in fact the case, the gaming as the gaming as a service thing uh, is not working, and they have to go back to what brought them to the dance. I've always 
I've been a y'all know how I feel about the original Xbox and I'm a I was a big fan still am a big fan of that console it has some content exclusive content that is near and dear to my heart to this day the leadership of Xbox was new and hungry and trying to prove itself and they did so by um, groundbreaking hardware uh, bringing something that PC gamers had been enjoying for some time that is being that is online gaming uh, setting an infrastructure up for that but also providing some really compelling exclusive software um, Mech Assault was the reason it was my online game of choice back in the day. And, you know, Ninja Gaiden Black was my, <laughs> that was, that was my jam. That was my action game du jour right there. And I just, I, not just I, but it, obviously other people like Ryan are just re really want to see Xbox return to its core, what it used to be about. Um, I go back and look, I can go back. I have a, uh, back in the day, uh, places like uh, uh, software, et cetera. And uh, one of the, one of the stores and managers I was friends with, and they, I would pick up their, the E3 discs. Uh, they, they used to put the E3 presentations of all the, uh, the console makers on a, on a disc. And you could buy those and take them home and watch the presentations. This was before the, you know, I didn't have access to online back then. So um, I, one of the, I think it was a 2002, might've been, was it 2000, might've, anyway, it might've been 2002, might've been 2001. I can't remember. Um, they were talking about ideas that, uh, some some things that Jay uh, Jay Allard was trying to get done with the original Xbox, uh, with regards to Xbox Live, and they were talking about uh, these new uh, engines that they were working on, and how things like crashing your car would be these unique uh, changes in in how in how console players would, would experience games, and they were showcasing uh, video chat. You know, and all these things, you know, and, and we can talk about how, you know, whether or not Microsoft uh, shuttered the original Xbox uh, before they should have. But everything, all these new, all these new ideas were based off game experiences, based off trying to give gamers new and compelling content and spending the money and getting the resources to get those games onto their platform. And I think they, you could say that they, that methodology is a big part of what made the Xbox 360 such a success. And seeing where they are now, I mean, we can only so much, in my opinion, can be laid at Don Matrick's feet. Uh, you know, it, this stuff, <laughs> You know, and I'll I'll open this up to I'll open this up to the floor. Um, Ryan has gotten a lot of hate, and I'm not going to say it's from Xbox fans. I'm going to say it's the the Xbox uh, conglomerate, the Xbox mafia, 
uh, has excommunicated him from the fold. Um, I was uh, on his Twitter feed, uh, at least I noticed it today, uh, he was saying that he had received five death threats uh, from X-Bots. And I'm thinking to, why is this, how did, the, how did we get to this point? Uh, both regarding this article and some other information that some other things that went across his Twitter feed uh, regarding the um, Xbox's presentation at Gamescom, and it's, it this is just like like bizarre. I, I I've been a fairly observant uh, consumer of the games industry for a few years ever quite a few years rather i've actually been gaming since 1978 and and i don't ever really recall it ever being this bad you know when poor people are getting death threats because you dare criticize their uh plastic uh their their plastic wrapped silicone box of choice it's just nutty it's like instead of being hostile why don't you just take what what people, not just him, but people uh, that are observing the state of the Xbox right now, take what they're saying and maybe, oh, I don't know, you know, petition uh, Phil and try to get the ship steered back. You know, uh, you know, uh, you know, or maybe this is what, this is what folks are liking maybe is if this is what if this is the xbox that you like and i'm talking about for people on a personal basis you know then obviously you're liking the way things are going but most of us the 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 what we're seeing is that xbox just is not having compelling first party content and that is not the history that this brand built its it's standard in the in the console gaming industry on it and, and just not liking <laughs> what we're seeing and we're trying to get trying to get it back on on path and I think articles like what uh, Ryan wrote and I would encourage everyone to to read the article and take a look at it uh, where he talks about you know going to studios. Uh, Different various studios and that may that may have the personnel, the staffing to take on the some of these AAA projects, revitalizing some of these AAA projects, adding on to a staff, you know, hiring on additional staff, where you're not necessarily having to fund a new studio from the ground up. Uh, I think a lot of what he's saying, what he's saying in this opinion piece, makes a lot of sense. And, uh, you know, all I can say is hopefully it's, uh, the, you know, Phil and company uh, are paying attention because, you know, they've got, they just told, they've been telling us for the past year that there's this $500 beast that they're coming out with on November 7th. And to be honest right now, there really isn't anything compelling to make one really want to go out and buy one that I, that I see. And it's not just me, it's a whole bunch of other people. And while most people are saying it's the one X's, this is a one X problem, I see it as an Xbox problem, period. You know, it, the same reasons why it's not really compelling to get a one X is the same reason it's not really all that compelling to get a one S 
or a, a day one edition of the original one, it, it's all linked because these aren't these the these are still the same family of consoles. Just one has been uh, uh, upgraded considerably in the uh, in the in the horsepower department. So I'm gonna put it to you guys. What do you think? Uh, is Ryan uh, is is his article on uh, on point here? Is, is is he making some compelling cases? Are gamers who have enjoyed uh, prior renditions of X of the Xbox platform? Uh, are we just are we just not acknowledging the the evolution of where Xbox wants to take gaming or how do you guys feel about this so i i think what i what's going on kevin is is these consoles these these console you know makers sony uh, microsoft nintendo they have a certain thing that they want to 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 push you know and i think with with you know um, PS4 or with PlayStation, it's this VR thing, you know. And I think with with Xbox, it was the it was the you know this is your one stop shop kind of thing. You know, the Xbox was supposed to be able to do it was supposed to be like a home a home entertainment center that played video games. I'm like, and I get that that's what you're trying to do. But I think they they kind of you know they kind of went too far in that direction, and I think they're kind of stuck out in the middle of of this kind of field, you know wherever they're at, and they're kind of like you know, well we wanted to do this and we wanted to do the connect and we wanted to do this and we wanted to do that and we and we wanted to have all these things that way we can you know answer, you know quote unquote what they figured you know uh, consumers wanted, and it's like no I think you know deep down. You know, people who play video games and people who buy these systems, they just want to play games. You know, they just want to play games. And I think in, in order to try in order to try to be all for everybody, they're kind of missing the mark. If they were to focus on the things that made them great, which were the games, in my opinion. I mean, I think the Xbox 360 was far better than the, the, than the PS2. Um, and, and in some instances, the some some in some instances the PS3, although that that's kind of that's highly debatable. But I loved I loved my Xbox 360. I thought it was fantastic, and and I just you know they just started to fall off, and 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 I think that was because they really wanted to try to be the end all be all of everybody in their living room, you know. And 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 I get that you 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 win a direction. It didn't work. Come back. Come back to the light. It's fine. Start making video games again. It's it's totally fine. You have the money, you know. And it's just it's just so I, I can't understand it, you know. And so, and I think they're trying to do that with with the um with the Xbox One X. It's like it's like hey, we have the most powerful system. At least that's what they keep touting, and but they don't have any games to play for it, you know, because, you know, you know, their, their games are kind of, you know, they, they, I'm sorry, they, they, they look kind of ass, you know, and I'm just like, I'm like, okay, you know, I, I, I'm not excited about it. You know, I, I'm not excited about it. Like I, I used to get excited when developers would, would mention that, that they're going to be creating for, for the, you know, the Xbox. Cause I was like, all right, great. You know, because we knew the graphics were going to be on point. We knew the gameplay was going to be good. We knew there, there was going to be, you know that that love, you know, for those for the games, and and I don't think we get that anymore. I really don't. 
Um, and I think, you know, the early adopters will buy the Xbox One X because they are. They were going to buy them anyway, no matter what. And and then there's going to be a slump in sales because th- there's nothing. They don't have they don't have the love that Nintendo has. Uh, and that's on record. I don't believe that they have the love that Nintendo has. You know, that Nintendo can just release a system and people are going to be like, oh, my God. You know, I don't think the Xbox is like that. You know, I think it has a, a somewhat of a cult following, but I don't think it's nowhere near what Nintendo has. So it would be impressed. I, I will be I will be um, impressed if, if they move as much as many units as as the Switch did, you know, in its first couple of months, the Xbox One X. But as far as people getting like, you know, death threats and stuff like that, those are outliers. You know, people are just assholes and i don't know why they feel the need to do that you know it, it's it's terrible you know that 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 they're not getting their needs met but damn you know y- y'all need to dial it back dial it back you know people people get a little crazy you know but don't don't let that crazy you know influence what you're doing you know because again above all these are pitchmen or pitch people and they and, and they want to they, they 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 have an agenda to sell you their product and i just you know believe that you can listen to them you you can act on what they're saying or you can actually look at what the hardware does look at the games that are offered look at the you know the third party you know support that it has look at look at the projected longevity of of these systems you know um that's where you should be looking at not what the people are saying but what they're actually delivering and if they can deliver on those goods you know what do you think, Joe? Well, as far as Ryan's article, um, I mean, it's kind of the same refrain that a lot of people, I mean, even me and uh, Kevin on uh, Gamer Husbands, we've talked about this topic ad nauseum with the other host on the show because they're more of an Xbox-oriented uh uh, they own Xboxes, they own Playstations, you know, uh, maybe Lefty owns a PlayStation. That's about it on there. But they p- very much prefer to play on the Xbox. And I could totally see, you know, just looking through their lens, looking through their eyes as far as the games they like to play. Hey, they're getting all the major third-party games that they want uh, from all the, you know, usual manufacturers, um, you know, Ubisoft, you know, um, Activision, you know, uh Electronic Arts, you know, the usual uh, third-party companies that bring their titles out on the Xbox platform. So, And uh, that's where their friends are. That's where they play. And uh, there's definitely nothing wrong with that, you know, on it. You know, it just happened to be this generation that, uh, you know, Sony, in their infinite wisdom from the momentum from uh, the PS3, the end of the PS3 and going into the PS4 kind of knocked it out. And I think almost their success is almost in a way almost tied to the fact of uh, 2013 E3 with the Microsoft on Xbox One unveiling being so bundled, uh, bungled, excuse me, um, as far as the whole TV, TV, TV and the uh, game sharing thing that was misunderstood, actually. that, that They were trying to think outside the box at the time, so... Uh, but they definitely need to dial it back to uh, focus on games. I think they're working their way through doing that. Um, I just think they need more resources. Um, they need definitely more 
um, first party software, you know, like, you know, like you were saying, Kevin, I mean, uh, you know, I would say because basically because of the fact that a lot of Xbox sales are in the U.S. versus the Europe and Japan is that they need to really kind of tie into maybe some uh, U.S. developers that might want to be kind of like uh, Retro Studios is to Nintendo, like almost like a second party type of situation where they are don't necessarily own them outright, but they deal with a company like you know kind of like sony computer entertainment of america dealt with insomniac and with uh, ready at dawn and um sucker punch you know where they had these studios that uh, were developing games for them uh, and making sure that they had the content on the platform the same kind of situation and then it seems like microsoft kind of pulls the plug on a lot of stuff. I mean, uh, we, you know, we talk about stuff that was announced that got, you know, canceled, like Scalebound, uh, Fable Legends. Um, there's also other rumored projects that kind of had the rug pulled from underneath them. I know Obsidian, uh, the developers of Fallout New Vegas, uh, was working on a uh, exclusive Xbox RPG for years, and, and at some point they just pulled the rug on it and decided not to develop the game and it just seems like Microsoft's kind of gun shy in a way. I wish they would just get their um, <laughs> um, just take the ball and run with it, you know, you know, and, and take a look. And what what they've done so far, at least uh, this year going into next year, obviously this uh, fall is looking kind of dry. Of course, um, you know, I thought Sea of Thieves would come out this year. It's actually coming out at the beginning of next year, but. Uh, all they have really in the in the docket is uh, Forza Seven, and that's pretty much it for a first party. Along with you know their partnered stuff with the ID at Xbox, the indie stuff in between Cuphead. Yeah, for some reason there. it seems like they're they're really conservative. For some reason, it's like why are they being so conservative with with their releases or their you know and or, or the games that they want to put out? You know, it's like yeah. we have we have a ton of like free to play. Granted, some of them are yeah, but but we have all of those free to play games coming coming to the PS4. It's like we have one. I have, I mean. Uh, path to exile or whatever it's coming for the xbox one x and i'm like okay that's good like i've been wanting to play that game on a console so i'm like okay that that that's cool like i'm like all right you know that that's a that's probably a game you know that if i had an xbox s or an xbox one i would or you know xbox one s i would i would probably get that game and play it you know but everything else save crackdown you know three just doesn't it, nothing's really resonating with me i mean cuphead looks good but it's like what else do we have except the stuff that's coming out for ps4 from the third parties you know it's like what else do we have you know it's yeah just, and it seems like there's nothing it seems like they're just very very conservative yeah and then it just seems like uh, you know they got kind of went astray around around when connect first came out i know that they were looking at the money that nintendo was making with the wii and really wanted i think to jump in that direction so with sony though at the same time with the whole playstation move and the uh, uh camera and the whole thing for ps3 but it's a point that uh, it seemed like that company at that point kind of um, decided to get rid of the bathwater at that point and kind of steer it over in that direction. And it just seems like, you know, I, I appreciate the sequels to Gears. I appreciate the sequel to Halo. But, you know, you, you need to also come with some 
new intellectual property um, that will kind of resonate on there. And they, they definitely need like maybe one or two auteurs, you know, these like uh, game creators that uh, basically run their studio and kind of are creatively driven, you know, like, you know, it would have been like a really big coup if they maybe secured uh, um, as far as... Um, I'm drawing the blank. Uh, Hideo Kojima, and you know, once he got booted out of Konami, as far as securing his first-party services, they should have been in the running to kind of get the, uh, him involved, and uh, also to take a look at uh, as well the um, Japanese game market. I mean, pretty much uh, during the last generation, PS3 and Xbox uh, 360, it seemed like um, the Japanese manufacturers could not figure out developing on the system at all in figuring out the development system for it, mainly because of the um, the software that's used to create games. You know, I, I think going from there, because most Japanese studios back in the PS2 era, you know, they didn't uh, license out the, you know, get Unreal Engine or... Uh, any of these other um, third-party um, like you know software programs like Unity or anything like that, they basically got into and then went directly to the code and made their own engines on it. And so they had a hard time at the beginning of last generation to be able to come up with uh, what they wanted as as being a creatively driven and and they were trying to chase after the Call of Duty dollar instead of kind of following what they wanted to do on their own. They were looking after the uh, the ducats instead of, you know, just doing their own thing and just creating the game that they want to. You know, you get games like, what, uh, Quantum Theory from Koei Tecmo. Uh, that's just, just like this big soulless Gears of War clone and, uh, you know, other games like, you know, like uh, Resident Evil Umbrella Core where they're trying to do a first-person shooter and it's just just janky. It's all get out, you know. Or any of the number of Resident Evil spinoff like uh, first-person shooter games, as well on there. So, uh, but overall, blueprints. I mean, just Microsoft. Microsoft just needs to bring it back a little bit, and I think they are working on bringing it back. I mean, they got PUBG as a uh, first-party, at least uh, timed exclusive. You know, they're working on taking a look to see what's out there and what would resonate with their audience on there. And I'm thinking they should, you know. Just like you know, Phil said he made a random tour of Japan and other territories um, prior to E3. I mean, they should make more of an effort to, uh, even though their um, hardware is not necessarily the most popular, um, to basically put some money back into Japan, put some money back into Europe a little bit. You know, I mean, they do have a vested interest in Europe, but Sony is prior to even the PS4 generation had a, a clear sales advantage in Europe and the UK. Uh, UK, maybe not as much because UK is mainly almost like a second home for Xbox, but uh, um, I'm thinking that's what should be done. I mean, I, I love the fact that when the Xbox 360 came out, I mean, it got, got a Blue Dragon game. I got uh, Lost Odyssey. I mean, they pretty much teamed up with Miss Walker to kind of come up with some games they thought the Japanese audiences wanted and it resonated with other people here in the U.S. and in Europe as well. So, so um, what's your thoughts, Kevin? I know you kind of laid everything out on the line for a while. So, Oh, yeah. Okay, here's the thing. Um, let's put the, let's set the way back machine to E3 this year. Okay, just after E3, 
Phil Spencer was talking about these uh, original IP deals that, you know, the ink on the paper had just been signed and the fruits of that labor is going to be two to three years in the making. Um, here's the deal. What have you been doing since you took over since from the, you know, what he took over, what, 2014? Believe so. Yeah. Yeah. 2014 in, in, in his uh, quote, he said he's been boss for, for, for three years, the curse of Don Matrick. Um, obviously they've been working to getting rid of that, pulling connect from the hardware, uh, trying to bring and then what did they spend that next that first three years doing they spent that time pushing games as a service you know working on games pass working on uh, uh ideas for you know single player content to be sold and distributed you know as you would a digital copy of um, of you know uh, what's that company that does all those those uh, uh, those games like Batman and uh, Telltale Telltale you know working on things like that you know trying to trying to monetize and milk things that have been traditionally you know single purchase experiences and they're trying to to, to monetize them in a process where the game won't be, have to be fully completed and that you'll be buying, buying them as you do chapters of a Telltale game. Okay, let's, let's say you, you've been doing that. Why couldn't you, while you were out there uh, touring Japan for all those wild and unusual experiences, uh, throw some money and money hat some projects exclusively for Xbox and Windows 10. I don't know if it's a situation where the CEO of Microsoft is only allotting a certain amount of money for Xbox. If that's the case, then, you know, you got to work with the budget that you're given. But if you've been given, given, you know, X amount of dollars and you're working on this games as a service, you're continuously for three years since you've taken control, you're consistently losing in sales. And I, I and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not buying this. Well, Xbox is not competing with PlayStation and Nintendo. You're, you're a set top box that you can put uh, Blu-rays in and play video games. Yes, you're competing. That's like Chevy saying, well, you know, because the Camaro isn't selling as much as the Mustang, we're not really in competition with the Mustang. That, that, that's PR spin. That, that's, that's BS. Yes, that is your competition. And you can spin it any way you want to. But when you're being clobbered two to one, in some areas three to one, there is something, there, there is something that is not something's not right. And then you come and then 
you know, days after your E3 is, or or actually in the midst of E3, you say that, uh, well, you know, we could have showcased some trailers, but, you know, those things are, you know, two to three years out in advance. Okay, so those games are still in the planning stages. I don't, I don't get that. What the heck have you been doing? You know, I've heard other people say, I have heard other people say that it may be time for a shakeup at the top when it comes to Xbox corporate structure. It may be time for some new blood. It may be time for somebody with uh, some new, with, and I don't want to say new ideas, somebody with some old ideas that remember what made the Xbox 360 so popular that remembered what made the original Xbox such a groundbreaking console and bring those old school ideas, implement them in current, in, in a current package and bring Xbox back to what it used to be. And on one hand, yeah, that sounds great, but then you have to, you know, deal with the reconstructing uh, and reallocating of assets that's just going to make things, knock things even further and further, further and further behind. I think the easiest thing to do would be for the people that are, that are, you know, Xbox customers. And, you know, I, I can, I, I can say for myself, yes, I, I, I will be an Xbox customer. I, I pre-ordered the I pre-ordered the One X, you know, as I've mentioned multiple times, both on this show and on Gamer Husbands, that yes, I will be getting one uh, for free, yes, and to play Destiny Two with my with my nephews. Um, but for those who have really a vested interest that would like to see, you know, Xbox return to what it was. It's time to to you know contact the, the, those those CEOs, Phil Spencer, and you know everyone talks about how in in, in contact or or how close Phil and and Aaron are with the community. And maybe it's time to get a hold of them in constructive, meaningful ways and say, hey, this is kind of sort of where I think you guys are dropping the ball. This is what I remember. These are the things that brought me over to Xbox in the first place. I'd like to see you implement some of these ideas back into the system now so I can, you know, I can feel more confident in the product that I've purchased. Do you guys and, feel... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. You, you know, go ahead. Go no, ahead. No, I just figured, do you think that the Xbox One X is a kind of make-or-break moment for uh, Microsoft and that brand. I mean, do you think that if this doesn't sell, like I, I don't, I don't think it's going to go the way of Sega. You know, I don't think it's, I don't think that's going to happen. But do you think? I mean, this is kind of the thing that's going to be like, you know, this doesn't work. Do you think that you know it's going to shake up Microsoft or this going to you know ride it off and just continue on the way they're going? I mean. I doubt it. I doubt it. No, they, 
with the price drop and the promotions they were running last year, um, basically they won a couple of months on the NPDs, especially towards the end of the year and the Christmas time. So, I mean, they're not in a horrible spot like Sega was way back when. I remember how bad it was, um, you know, between the Saturn and when the Dreamcast came out. It was a very dismal time uh, for that company. And uh, I think Xbox and Microsoft are, are still... Uh, you know, they're competent, I would say. It's just kind of like how um, Xbox and GameCube were back in that generation versus the PS2. It just happened to be to where, um, you know, they're just in a spot to where, you know, they're not going to be winning this generation in sales. But then they got, they got to kind of figure out what they could do from this point forward to go ahead and uh, kind of, redefine what they mean and then basically the xbox one x you know this is uh, their first iterative console meaning that you know this is not a begin beginning of a console life cycle even though it might be a re reinvigorating reinvigorating uh the uh, life's the console cycle as it is right now for them you know obviously they're kind of playing along with the, what sony was doing with the playstation 4 pro and so this will help gain them some momentum going towards the next, you know, Xbox, whenever that will be, you know, maybe probably what, two, three years down the road. We'll have to see uh, when that kind of rears its head, you know, Xbox two, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> so. You know, you know, um, to your, I don't know, Des, here's, here's the thing. Um, I don't think the one X was ever billed as the, you know, the, the, it was billed as a luxury item. And the One S is supposed to be the system that's going to carry the Xbox brand to the mass market. And it has been. It's been a, I, I don't, I think you can say it's been a successful system. Uh, but here's the thing the One X's problem is the One S's problem, is the day one edition original Xbox's problem. There is no content. The content that's available primarily can be had on other platforms, and if you're, it's one thing if you are already vested in the Xbox uh, ecosystem. You know, you play with you play with your buddies. You know, every weekend on Gears, uh, and all of your third-party content is there. And you know you're you're just having a grand old time. And you have a 4K and TV. <laughs> you, you you got a 4K TV. Then the One X make it makes perfect sense to upgrade. No question, you know, no question about it. If that's where the bulk is, if that's where all of your gaming time is done, or the bulk of your gaming time is done. But if you're maybe in in PC world. If you're in PlayStation land, if you're in Nintendo land, and you're looking and you're from the outside in looking at the Xbox and seeing what they're trying to present in this One X, the One X is basically a middle finger to everybody that said, oh, well, the, the Xbox One is underpowered in comparison to the PlayStation 4. It goes, you know, that's going back to, to P-Gate. 1080p versus 720, 920, you know, 420, <laughs> you know, all your all your 20, all your 80s and 20s and 10s, 
uh, with regards to resolution and 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 performance. And that in that initial the that initial launch window of multiplats, it was an issue, particularly when your competition was $100 cheaper. The 1X is like the middle finger to that criticism that, well, you know, here is the definitive place to play all of your, all of your games. Everything is going to look substantially better. Now we're learning now that a lot of those third party games are going to have, you know, be locked at 30 frames per second, are going to be utilizing uh, checkerboarding. And we can argue and, and or we can, uh, we'll have to wait and see rather once the system launches with this software and this software uh, hits the shelves, if the differences between say uh, an Xbox One X and a PlayStation 4 Pro is worth the $100 difference in cost, um, we'll have to wait and see. But the, it's none of that is addressing the issue that the Xbox that the Xbox has been having this generation, and that is a lack of compelling first-party content. Uh, and you're and you're and they're trying to get folks to plunk down $500 of real world money, hard earned money and say, this is the best place for you to play multi-platform games. Um, if you've got a gaming PC, you're, you're probably laughing, you know, <laughs> if you've got a PlayStation you're saying, yeah, maybe, but you know, that's five hundred dollars that I, you know, that's money I could spend toward more games. Why am I going to? Why am I going to, you know, spend that much money when I can play those same games here? It, it, I don't really see that difference in that difference in performance as being that great to warrant a hundred or hundred and fifty or hundred thirty, whatever, however much you paid for your console, whether you're running on a Pro or, or a PlayStation 4 Slim or what have you, I don't see that where my money is being well spent there. Uh, and then you're going to have the people that are in that camp and want to upgrade. So, <laughs> but it's still not, re it's still not addressing what I see as the issue of uh, first party compelling first party content. So until they can get that addressed, until they start, you know, money hatting some some projects and going to these developers and well it's not even about in my opinion, it's not even about owning these studios, it's about saying, "Hey, and and these guys know Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo knows what these companies are working on. I'm sure they get they get information long before the press does about projects that these studios are are working on. And it's time to back up the Brinks truck and say, "Hey, we want some we want this exclusive content. We want whether it's ex having the game, you know, exclusively on your on your platform." Uh, say what you will about Nintendo, but they, mon well, they money-hatted Bayonetta 2 
I think a strong enough case could be made that Bayonetta 2 probably wouldn't have happened if uh, if Nintendo hadn't funded it, because uh, I think Sega wasn't planning on doing anything uh, uh, with it as the as the publisher for for that game. It's it's time to 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 utilize this immense wealth of this multi billion dollar company. Uh, and start applying some of those dollars to securing some first party, some some exclusive games, some compelling f- content that is exclusive to the Xbox Windows 10 platform. You know, that, that's that's just how that's just how I'm seeing it. It's um, you know, my reasons for getting the system are. It's free, and my nephews are playing Destiny 2 on it. Um, if I would have had to pay for it, I I would not have purchased it. Um, if I would have had to pay for it, I don't think I would have even purchased a 1S. You know, uh, there's it's Destiny 2 is not really <laughs> enough of a reason to jump on board another platform when the platform that I'm already on is not only giving me the third-party content, they're giving me some exclusive content with some of those third parties, and they're also bombarding me with exclusive first- and second-party content that I can't play anywhere else. And I think that's what Xbox has to return to and start doing. I know know Phil Spencer wants to white-knight it and say that he doesn't want to do that kind of thing um, even though it was done quite a bit during the 360 period, and, and some kind of, somehow magically that was fine, but now it's it's you know I, I dare not soil my my white laced gloves with such a <laughs> with with such foul business practices. But I think that might be what he may need to to start doing. Well, they still do that stuff. It's just like a wolf in sheep's clothing thing. It's like it's like calling it something else, but not you know like. Oh, we don't do that, but you know they've got these deals for these timed exclusives. They got these deals to put games up on their presser versus Sony's presser. So I mean, they they're still making the deals. It's just a point of uh, how much they want to uh, bring up to the table. I mean, we'll talk about in our Gamescom news. You know, where they're bundling Xbox Ones, which you know Shadows of War. You know, Middle Earth Shadows of War on there. So they're working with companies. I mean, they're still doing what they need to do. So. So, well, with that, I think we've uh, beaten that horse uh, <laughs> <Pulverized>. considerably. <laughs> uh, uh, for, forgive us, dead. Dragon. <laughs> for, for, forgive us, Rick. Uh, uh, we don't want to beat that. We don't. We don't want to beat up. I know how you feel about horses. You don't want to see them beaten up too bad. <laughs> but uh, we're going to move on to our news of the week. And uh, Trader Joe, you've got those news nuggets for us. So why don't you lay it on us, bro? Okay. Well, this is kind of playing along with our main topic, which is obviously Xbox, Xbox One X, Xbox One S, all the goodies on there. Um, Gamescom has not started yet, but Microsoft decided to go ahead and announce that they had a um, event today, which was kind of run by Microsoft of uh of Europe on there. I think their UK team was the one that was moderating the whole um, pre-recorded 
uh, presser. I'm not sure if it was live or not. I'm not sure. They did have a, a small audience. It seemed it was almost like infomercial, like in comparison to like a big E3 presser. But uh, they had a few things of interest. Uh, you might want to go back, especially if you're interested in seeing about what they got going on. It seems like a lot of iteration from the E3 presser, but uh, a lot more details too, of course. So first point to kind of talk about is uh, that wonderful game, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, that everyone loves to talk about on there. So um, they did announce today that obviously it's coming to Xbox One later this year, but that uh, Microsoft will be uh, publishing it on the Xbox one console on there kind of similar to we remember when rise of the tomb raider was a timed exclusive and they wound up publishing the game instead of square enix uh same deal on there they're working and partnering with uh, microsoft to get this game out on there so that's still expected to launch on xbox later in 2017 on there um they basically announced uh, a couple weeks ago that the uh, PUBG just got the uh, first-person only servers and they want to keep working with what the community wants so pretty much uh, they are talking about getting this game out it's quite popular of course i think this game will do well on the xbox one what do you guys think i'm not gonna play it <laughs> you're not gonna play it <laughs> no i i just i don't know PUBG sounds fun but i mean i'm i mean i'm not gonna lie i'm probably gonna get it an xbox one s because it'll be super cheap, and I'll pick it up then. <laughs> because I don't have a super cool TV, and I don't need to have all those bells and whistles. So I'll probably get it. I'll probably pick it up, you know, when I get my Xbox uh, One S. So I mean, again, I'm glad that it's third person because that makes it fun to play for for me to play. But I don't know. Just I don't know about that game. I just don't know. I, I, I I've watched. Well, maybe try streams. it out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll probably try it out. You know, and then we'll probably play it for one of our game nights. So. Yeah, I'll probably end up getting hit. What about you, Kev? Uh, PUBG has, does not interest me in, in any way, shape, or form. Um, I do know that uh, while during the course of the, the guy that it, that created the game, he has he, seemed, he said that they had just sold their eight, eight millionth copy, so it's highly successful um, in lieu of you know, what I would define as compelling first-party AAA content, I think this is a solid get for the Xbox uh, platform. I think it'll see a lot of success. But for me personally, uh, PUBG does not interest me whatsoever. You know, one, one life, one death, and then you spend the rest of the time either circulating, waiting for your, your friends to die or win, and or being moved into put pushed into the next match if you're not with a party just just running around looting for however much time until you run into somebody on this huge map it's just just does not seem compelling to me in, in any way shape or form but it was a solid get and i think it'll it'll do quite well on on xbox so um i'm waiting for the game to become like more finalized i i don't Open access to me, I've gotten burned on open access games. So um, there was that one, the, the next car game, uh, which I think is almost ready to be finally final, <laughs> you know, uh, that was developed by the guys that did Flat Out. Uh, that, um, you know, it's just been in continual development for years on there. And so 
I kind of take a wait and see approach on at least uh, early access games, and uh, I prefer to get in while the getting is finalized and everything has its sheen on there. So um, I will be checking out uh, PUBG though because it looks interesting enough to me, and I do like uh, battle, you know, deathmatch, and uh, I think the concept of it uh, sounds like it will be a lot of fun. So. So, and next thing that was kind of talked about at the uh, Microsoft presser, kind of what we talked about last week, uh, they finally, uh, Microsoft announced Record Definitive Edition on there. So uh, the new version of the game will feature HDR support. It will be also getting 4K enhancements through the Xbox One X once the console launches in November. Um, you're able to get a new tank companion named uh, T-A-N-K, haha, tank on there so it's also being added to the game as well as a new adventure called eye of obsidian on there um this game the definitive edition of recore will be available for free for all recore owners on there on august 29th on there so especially if you own the xbox one or uh you have a gaming pc uh is an xbox anywhere title so if you do buy it digitally on the Microsoft Store, you were able to play on both Xbox One and PC. And if you're looking to you know, get it retail, it's retailing for about 20 bucks right now. So probably you can find it for cheap, cheaper than that. I watched the new trailer, and I thought it was uh, very charming. I'm pretty looking looking forward to it. Um, I know we talked about this game last week, but uh, is it going to be in any of your guys' wheelhouse uh, once you're Either your new Xbox One purchases come to fruition this fall. I'll probably get it. <clears throat> Again, I I thought I thought it looked cool. You know, I heard some of the you know platforming and traversal was a bit you know wonky, and it wasn't a perfect game. But I, th- I don't think any games are perfect. So yeah, I'm probably into p- picking it up. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll take a look at it and uh, it, <clears throat> let's see what it has to offer. Um, m- I was under that impression, uh, as you were, Des, that it, I had heard that the uh, platforming was off. And uh, and I also think that one of the robots that they showcased in the original trailers was not even uh, a playable or, or a, an option to acquire in the in the final game. So I guess in this one, the, the remaster, you're going to be able to get a hold of that uh uh, aforementioned uh, robot companion, core companion. So, yeah, that's yeah. good. Uh, the fact that it's going to retail for twenty and it's going to be a, a free update for those that already purchased the game is smart. Um, I'm not sure. Kinda... I'm not sure if the retail version of the definitive edition is going to go come in at the twenty bucks. It should, because the fact that if you buy the original game, you should be able to get everything for free. So it doesn't make any sense. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just kind of makes me wonder why. You know, I mean, the game came out of what in September of 2016. Yeah, it did. And we're getting the definitive, re- the remaster basically now. It's like, you know, you could have yeah. just. I don't know. I think it's just to get the game a little bit more of a out there. You know, the you know, almost like if you're republishing something. You know, like. Uh, Imagine if like a band released an album and the production was kind of crappy and or, you know, that some songs were left off the release or something and you're going to get the uh, remastered edition out there uh, with all the deep cuts and, uh, 
the album that everyone meant to have. So it's just uh, something out there that's, that kind of put a tent pole saying, hey, this is the definitive version of this game and that, that this is what we meant to, for this game to be on there because they did promise DLC like we talked about last week that they never had a chance to release. So so it plays a good, it, it will kind of... Um, put some focus back on the game and you know if if like say if you go to GameStop right now with your discount and everything you should be able to pick it up for 16 bucks actually used so yeah it, i i guess maybe what i'm saying is that it goes back to giving developers enough time yeah to get it done you know no man's sky case in point yeah um you know sony was probably was probably putting some some pressure on them to get the game out and they got the game out, and it did not live up to the expectations that were that the, that were put forward. So that kind of came back to to bite them in the took us. Um, I think it's a, it's probably the same here. You know, this game should have been allowed to bake for a longer period before it was it was initially released as. You know, there, there, there needs to developers need time to yeah. get their vision of their product out, and when they're rushed, um, all you, what often happens is you have a product that does not meet expectations, and it's, it gets crapped on by the by in the media and by uh, public opinion, and then you're trying to go back and try to make good later on. And even though your updates may be of, you know, honorable, are you doing them at a time where nobody really cares? They've moved on to other content. So yeah. All right. And next news story from uh, Gamescom from the Microsoft uh, event. Um, they announced that uh, Microsoft's Aaron Greenberg announced that uh, the Xbox One X has a list of titles, both old and upcoming, that are going to be supported by the console as over 100 titles uh, that is on the specific list. A lot of them are games that are due to come out. They're not actually released yet, but there's some old games on the list as well. We got Dead Rising 4 on there, uh, Dishonored 2. Um, go dead, going down. Sure. I have a question. So do you think... When they said, hey, everybody, you know, the Xbox, you know, One X is going to be backwards compatible. Yeah. Didn't they were doing that as a smoke screen because they ain't got no games coming in the pipeline. And they're like, they're like, fuck it. We'll just make them play all these old games again. Uh, not necessarily. But, you know, you kind of saw at E3 where the biggest point of excitement was the fact that they were making original xbox games backwards compatible well, that's what and I mean, so though. it's like it's like yay we get to play all these old games that we already bought and and played yay you know i just i don't know for some reason i'm like i think it's cool but you know i i'm hoping that that's not one of those like haha go play these games while while we're trying to get our shit together you know <laughs> we're yeah trying to get yeah our new, our new games together go play all this old stuff that Fine. should be your dessert, not your entree. One hundred percent, one hundred percent agree. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, there's there's a good benefit by having the backwards compatibility because uh, one. It's not. I'm just you know. Yeah, it's just you know, you kind of see where everyone's kind of uh, 
you know, it's just their feather in their cap because, you know, obviously Sony doesn't have a valid backwards compatibility because of the fact that PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4 are totally like different architectures on there. So, um, and something that they could say that they're doing for quote unquote the gamers, you know, out there, but uh, well, they're still that's working. That's thing, though. See, that's the thing. It's like, it's like for me, it says, like, look. You know, and please, like in the comments, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like if you're able to make your make your shit backwards compatible, how far how how, how really are you pushing your software? Like if 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 my if Sony's sitting here rebuilding shit and making new shit and be like, all right, if you want to play those games, you know, you probably have a PS3, go play them there. You know, yeah, pretty <laughs> you know? much. Yeah. We got this new shit we want to we want to do. You know, we got VR, but you know, but it's like we got this new shit. Let's go do this. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's like I get it. Like it's cool. But like Kevin said, that is just that's like an appetizer, you know, or or, or, or like the soup and salad course. It's like, where's yeah. the, where are your entrees? Where are your entrees? You know, so because I already had a hot dog like a couple of days ago. You know, I don't need to, I don't need to re, I don't need to eat another hot dog. You know, I want, I want that steak. Yeah, I know. Yeah. One thing about this list, though, and getting back to the news story is that uh, these are just indications of what games will be uh, backwards compatible with the Xbox One X and take advantage of the new hardware in the system on there. So there are some older games on the list just to know that, you know, that it is being supported on some of the older Xbox One games uh, like uh, Gears of War 4 and uh, Halo 5 and so on and so forth. So so they're kind of laying their, all their cards on the table. Also, you know, I know you mentioned before that you're not kind of interested in Xbox One X. Uh, there is a particular method that's called um, downscaling that basically what the Xbox One X will do if you just only have a 1080p TV is to be able to um, make the game perform at its 4K resolution and then downsample it to the 1080p resolution. So it will make your uh, games play and uh, run better even though you don't have a 4K TV per se. But might not necessarily be worth the extra like 300 bucks <laughs> for the system, you know, on that. So, all right. And next new story for Gamescom. And surprise, surprise, I think Kevin already mentioned before Xbox One X pre orders are available today as we speak. It just launched uh, earlier today. I know I was looking, checking out online a few things. Um, it, like I was checking some threads on cheap ass gamer and whatnot. And some GameStops have already sold out of their allotted project Scorpio editions of the Xbox one X on there. Um, what happening is happening right now is that the, that's the only version of the console that's available for pre-order right now. They're going to actually have a separate uh, pre-order for just a regular vanilla Xbox one X open at a later date on there. So, on there so but as far as any deals quote unquote uh, the uh, GameStop uh, trade-in deal for the Xbox One X is that they will if you trade towards the system if you have either a Switch or a PlayStation 4 Pro uh, they will give you 200 bucks <laughs> towards the purchase of the Xbox One X if you have a Xbox One S wow. it'll be 150 bucks and if you have the OG Xbox One uh, they give a hot $99.99 for your Xbox One. So, you know, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. 
No, I was going to say, I was going to throw a softball to Desmond. If you really want to get an Xbox One and didn't necessarily care about the features on the S, you probably go get yourself an Xbox One old fatty, like pretty damn cheap. But I want a one S. Like I want I want I want I want the second top of the line. Okay. <laughs> I want a one S. Are you kidding? That that small, sleek design. I mean, come on. You know, I will pay a little bit of money for it. You know, I'll put a gotcha. little bit of money in it. You know, I don't right want to be totally like, you know, rare. But but I'm not buying a one X. Nope. Uh I think this is a little bit telling. Um and it's keeping with what Phil Spencer had, had mentioned. You know, I can remember when I got my when I got my first the original first the original Xbox One. Um, got it through Best Buy. They were giving a certain amount of money for either an Xbox 360 or PlayStation 3. And if you were putting that toward the Xbox One, Microsoft was putting, kicking in another 175 bucks on top uh, of whatever you were getting for your trading system. That was through Best Buy. And that was at a, I got in and like the last day that that was being offered because my PS3 had finally uh, crapped in it, crapped the bed. And uh, I figured, okay, well, I'll just go ahead and, and check out and see, see what's going on, on the Xbox side of the fence that way and so i was able to get in uh super cheap they're not putting microsoft is not putting any money on the hood as they say in the car business <laughs> you know any incentives on the one x coming from them um you know something in conjunction with the you know the trade-in bumps that they're getting now maybe they're funding that on this on the side you know I would probably suggest not considering how little there be that's really being offered for your trade in uh, through GameStop anyway. Uh, but, they're, ma uh, they're matching the same pre-order uh, pre bonuses or for the switch that they're giving out right now. So they're pretty much equal. Mm -hmm. So, which, yeah. So it's something that they're doing, not Microsoft. Yeah. So it kind of, it's kind of keeping in with, um, uh, you know what Phil was talking about. This is going to be a, a luxury item, and you know they're not really putting any money on the hood uh, for people to get a hold of this. So that tells me that their focus, the the you know the train is not being pulled by the One X. It's being pulled by the One S, um, and the One S still needs <laughs> content. So, uh, but at least they finally the, the pre-orders are up and folks can can get a hold of the system. So that's yeah, the Project Scorpio has a Project Scorpio logo on both the controller and the system, and it also includes uh, a stand to be able to stand it vertically if you want to stand it vertically. I'm pretty much thinking that the normal Xbox One X will not come with a vertical stand. So whoop de doo, they had that extra piece of plastic in there. <laughs> If you want to stand it upright to be able to do so in the box. So I think there is a uh, YouTube video with a prominent YouTuber uh, that there is an um, unboxing. It looks kind of ghetto, I think. But um, no, he actually takes it out of the box, but uh, um, is up there. So if you want to check that out, um, there's no major Nelson presence, unfortunately. I think he's on vacation or some sort. So on that so but uh you know by now and if you're not looking to get an xbox one x there is other systems that microsoft is going to roll out for you 
uh, get you bundled in and taken care of. Um, Xbox One S bundles for Middle Earth Shadows of War will be coming out day and date with the system, which and uh, with the system with the release of the game on October the 10th on there. So you're going to have systems available in both one terabyte and uh, 500 gig models on there. And uh, it's not going to contain any special design consoles or controllers. It's just going to be a regular Xbox One S on there, but it's going to be bundled with the system on there. They also did announce an Xbox One S Minecraft bundle, which is obviously super, it's like uh, colored like those green and brown and black blocks from Minecraft on there. And it looks pretty snazzy on there they have a uh, green creeper styled controller is bundled with the console and there's also a pink one based off the pig in the game will be released as well on there the controller's buttons are stylized after a font present in minecraft and the back of the creeper controller will have a tnt block on it so so the pre-orders for both the minecraft the minecraft uh console and also the pink Pig controller are also available right now for your pre-ordering pleasure on there. So, and also included in the box is a DLC pack that will include some unspecified additional costumes and texture packs uh, for your avid Minecraft fans out there. So, smart move in my opinion for them to get a Minecraft bundle out there. I mean, I know it's available on every. game system under the sun but uh any opinion on the minecraft bundle you guys yeah i'm gonna have to pass on that thank you <laughs> sorry but, this is, but, oh, not, not not for you but just overall i mean is it it's gonna manufacture money for them in your opinion probably i mean people like minecraft it's 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 still got a you know a big cult following i mean it's cool i mean they they had to have done tests to to show that like hey you know minecraft sells what and let's let's capitalize on this i'm surprised it didn't come out sooner actually you know to be completely honest i'm surprised it did not come out sooner like yeah with the whole the whole destiny 2 playstation 4 you know coming out that's like that's right that is perfect marketing right there so it's like boom you, you know if you if you don't have one and you want to play this game with your friends here you go like literally out the box you play the game let's do this you know that's that's cool but waiting like it, it's just a it, it's a it's a niche thing you know if you want it cool it's like that um it's it's like that samus you know 3ds coming out you know the the, the mcdonald's one you know that, you, <laughs> you know if you want it it's cool but if you don't you know i don't Kevin, you gonna buy for one of your nieces or nephew, or they? they... No, my my <laughs> nephew already has uh has an Xbox, and he plays Minecraft on PC because he said that's way more open to the type of designing that he wants to do. Uh, you you know, I, I I can't I can't help but but wonder how close to uh, uh the diminishing returns mark they are we are on Minecraft. Um, I think I'll, I'll say one thing about it. I like the aesthetic of it, you know, that, that the system is built, you know, look, looks like it's been put together with Minecraft pixels and the controllers have that same, uh, that same motif. That is pretty cool. But, you know, like kids, like, like my nephew, EJ, they're, 
mine if they're into Minecraft, they they're already into Minecraft. You know, you know. Hopefully, it's a it, it's it's a mover and a shaker for them. You know, uh, but yeah. you know, um, I know people that like my my little nephew. He's like he has it on Xbox, but he hardly ever plays it because, according to what he tells me, uh, you there's more freedom and uh, on the PC side. So that's where him and his buddies play, and uh, his buddies that used to play on. Minecraft on the Xbox have moved on to actual, you know, to other games on that on that system. So Minecraft is for him and his friends anyway a PC only only deal. So he because he pointed out to me that there's differences between the PC crossplay of Minecraft between the the version that's available for PC that you can crossplay with the the Xbox. And then there's the, what did he call it? The It is the Java version of Minecraft that he's on that has more, more freedom. So, so I don't, I don't, I don't know anything about Minecraft. I, he might as well have been speaking Greek, Latin. I mean, I mean, when uh, this is just an aside, but I, I love my nieces and nephews so much. I'm going to tell you this. Um, EJ, when, to watch him do something in Minecraft, it's like watching that dude in the Matrix who was on the on the terminal while Neo and everybody else was jacked in, and he's just like typing stuff up, and racks of guns show up or a cityscape shows up. That's what my nephew does on on Minecraft. He doesn't he doesn't use the user interface. He uses the command line. And he has this stuff memorized. So, okay, Uncle Kevin, I want to make a house. And a house appears, you know, exactly the way he wants it. And, you know, you might as well, he might as well be be Chris Angel doing some type of, you know, trick in the middle of Las Vegas because I'm looking at this and all I see is numbers and lines and whatever in that command line thing. And he's got a freaking house with rooms and he can dig trenches just by the command line. He doesn't even, he hardly ever uses the interface on Minecraft. So, uh, <laughs> so that's me gushing about, that's just me gushing about my nephew, uh, real quick, but yeah, you know, like I said, hopefully it's a mover for him. Okay. And then also, uh, the, uh, gamescom conference, we're just going to kind of glance over these cause, uh, you don't have time to really discuss everything this show because a lot of it's a lot of just video and whatnot. Uh, they did have someone from Ubisoft on stage uh, or in the studio going over Assassin's Creed Origins on there. Um, they did lay out also Forza 7 Motorsports uh, SE editions on there. I think none of us on the show are going to play uh, Sim Racers, so just want to briefly mention that. Uh, they also uh, had a Nice about minute and a half sizzle reel of uh, all the wonderful um, independent games that they're bringing out on Xbox One on there. That includes, you know, games like uh, Cuphead and uh, Path of Exile, amongst others on there. Also had new footage of Sea of Thieves on there. Not in the uh, uh, little show, but something to mention because this just came out this last week and this is Xbox oriented 
is that uh, Crackdown 3 has been delayed. So originally that game was supposed to come out on uh, November 7th, the same day in date as the Xbox One X. But uh, as Phil Spencer did state on Twitter that they're committed to um, releasing a quote-unquote finished product on there. So in fact, let me get to his direct wording here on that. Uh, but uh, a lot of disappointed people that this game is not meeting the uh, release date on the November 7th. But it's kind of not unexpected. You know, they didn't really market this thing too much after E3 and then after what happened at Comic-Con especially. That footage at Comic-Con was pretty redonkulous as far as what they were showing. And I think they want to at least kind of reset things a bit and get this game to where it's just going to shine on there. Uh, his statement on Twitter says, it's always disappointing to move a date. We are very committed to shipping Crackdown 3 to the level of quality the fans deserve. So uh, take it to the floor. What do you guys feel about the Crackdown 3 delay? I'm sad, I guess. I mean, I was going to buy it for Xbox One S. I enjoyed the other ones we, we've played. So, I mean, although I'm not surprised, you know, with the with the stuff that that they do, by they, I mean Microsoft, I mean, it's kind of par for the course with them now. I mean, I can't believe people are, are surprised by this. I mean, well, and again, they 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 want to cook it in the kitchen for a little while to make sure they that souffle don't fall flat. So you got to do it fine, you know. I have a question though. This is my question. What was it in Crackdown that warranted a delay that wasn't in Scalebound that got a cancellation? That's what that's. And by the way, I'm I don't want to sound I was kind of I was poo-pooing, not kinda, I was poo-pooing scale bound because it just didn't seem original. But if you wanna if you wanna, you know, stack apples to apples, scale bound looked a hell of a lot better than crackdown did. And I yeah, I get it, it's different graphics, different art style, but when you saw things moving around in scale bound. And you saw the way things were moving around in, in Crackdown. The the physics in Crackdown looked looked hard looked horrible. I mean things things didn't have any weight to them. They looked like they were being tossed around in a room full of ner- room made out of nerf. You know, mm-hmm. cars going through mating rituals in the middle of the street. I mean, and that's them's fine what, words for some people. <laughs> I mean, but 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 you see what I'm saying? Why how why did scale bound get 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 slayed you know pun intended and crackdown get delayed yeah i think it's because crackdown well, is crackdown is in house question that's probably there's probably an answer that we'll never get but i think it's because crackdown is more in house and they just didn't want to yeah, it seems like maybe maybe they didn't want to put forth any any marketing or anything for for Scalebound? Maybe they just didn't have any faith in it, and and because Crackdown is in house, they're like, we have to make this sell. Like we have to, you know. It's like maybe it's because Crackdown is has now in some instances become their Halo. You know, we have to push this. You know, maybe. But at I mean, this point, the money's already been spent. The money had already been spent for Scalebound. That's true. I mean, and it, the money's already been spent for Crackdown. Yeah. So why what 
why, you know, decapitate the dragon and, you know, give the overmuscled dude more steroids? <laughs> Send him back to know. the gym. I, again, I think it's, <laughs> oh. it's more so because it's in-house. And I think they just have more writing on it because it is, it is, it is a Microsoft production, is my opinion. Yeah, maybe they were having some production problems with Platinum. You know, I'm not sh- entirely sure to what they had going on with it, but obviously we're never going to know, you know. I uh, kind of wish the game did come out. I had it I already pre-ordered a long time ago because both Crackdown 3 and Scalebound got announced at that uh, Microsoft 2014 presser, uh, E3 presser that was just basically you could name all the games that were canceled from that press conference between what uh, Scalebound uh, Fable Legends and also the uh, game they eventually released the uh, Xbox original Xbox versions Phantom Dust they were going to do a remake of Phantom Dust that eventually got canceled as well so it's just like one thing after another Uh, and you know they're just going to have to make amends that's like I don't think they could cancel crackdown three it's too much writing on the table it's too prominent on there but they made a decision based on what was going on with Scalebound not to continue to let them cook and work on the game and that to me is a mistake you know you see sony and their patience with last guardian and then basically getting someone in there to actually uh, get that project to fruition uh, microsoft could have done the same with Scalebound, in my opinion so yeah and it would have taken them nearly as much time as as it took sony to get uh last guardian uh, to market, it, I, I just think it, I think the project could have been it, it could have been worked on, but you know we'll never know. You know, like that, uh, how many how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll Tootsie Pop? You know, uh, how <laughs> how long would it would have taken for micro for Microsoft to work with uh, Platinum Games to get Scalebound to the market? You know, the world may, may never know. So it is what it is. Yes. And this concludes the Xbox portion of our news section, kind of kind of conclude the uh, uh, main focus of our main story of the week. Uh, there was some other news in the world of gaming, though, that I want to go and touch upon real quick. So uh, first news story is about Mass Effect Andromeda. Bioware has announced on August 19th that uh, with the latest patch, uh, that has recently come out for Mass Effect Andromeda 1.10 that uh, this ends any subsequent uh, updating that they're going to do for the title on there. So that uh, w- with this particular update, um, no further updates will happen with this game on there. So the team is grateful to everyone who played the game and they're proud of what they created. There are no more patches in the works for the single-player story, but more story info will be provided via the Apex multiplayer missions and upcoming comics and novels on there. Uh, The multiplayer team will continue to work on the game, including new multiplayer missions, character kits, and something in store for N7 Day uh, coming up on that. So I know, Desmond, you played this game quite a bit. Uh, Any opinion about them uh, kind of drawing a line in the sand and saying we're done? I'm sad about it. Yeah, I'm sad about it because I I did enjoy the game. I didn't think it got a fair shake, a fair shake. But again, it's it's a AAA title that didn't sell. So I mean, they have to put it on the shelf for a while. Let that 
let that you know bad taste wash out of the people's mouths hopefully the next um the next uh oh my god what is it called the next dragon age game is better and uh, you know and then i think once dragon age you know four gets announced and once um the other one comes out the other game anthem comes anthem. out um, yeah. then we might see another uh, Mass Effect, but I don't think we're—I don't think they're completely going to write the series off, not at all. Uh, just, you know, it's it has, just, it has um, too much strength. It's a very strong IP, yeah. even though this might have been a veering off to getting used to new uh, development software, getting used to uh, uh, Dice's um, God. What's their engine called? I know oh, that Frostbite. Your Frostbite, yeah. But on there, so I'm sad, but I'm not surprised. <laughs> So it'll just, it'll just have to, you know, it'll, 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 it'll come back, you know, it'll, yeah. it'll come back. You know. Unless you really par- partner with Microsoft and get a new Jade Empire out, they shouldn't be working on the new Dragon Age in my opinion. So oh. I would love it, but that ain't going to happen. So I know it's not going to happen. Well, maybe Money one of the had. things. Money had Money it. Had it. Yeah. Microsoft, you know, maybe getting someone to develop it. Maybe they could get some X Bioware people to develop it or something. Well, that'd be great. Yeah. Also in the news, the SNK has talked about uh, the director uh, Sasuke Yuki Oda has confirmed <laughs> that uh, we are developing many new fighting games that we can't reveal yet, but we'd like for you to stay tuned on there. So, um, so. It's kind of good to see that SNK is working on other stuff besides just, you know, new King of Fighters on there. And, uh, you know, we'll have to see. I know they kind of were said in an interview in the past saying that they would like to go back to Samurai Showdown at some point on there. What's your guys' opinion of SNK going back to the well a little bit? That is excellent news. Yeah, I'm um, all for it. I am, you know, I when it comes to fighting games, I I think SNK uh, has has a, a bigger bigger piece of my heart than Capcom does. Uh, I'm a Fatal Fury guy more so than I am a Street Fighter guy, so that's good to hear. And uh, just about every SNK fighting game that I played in the arcade, uh, King of Fighters, you know, Fatal Fury. Um, uh, the you know Samurai Showdown, and even after I got it, I got a, uh, picked up a Saturn and started importing you know Last Blade. Um, those fighting games have a have a special place for me in my gaming history, and I'm glad that they're going back and you know doing some things with those. Hopefully, with those IPs, and you know, I'll say. I wouldn't mind seeing some completely new IP coming from them, uh, or or re, or a revisit of from a from a game that hasn't been, or uh, that maybe only saw uh, you know one one release or a game that only had you know something like uh, who was that game that I that I, I and it's a game, a game that came out a long time ago that I only just recently heard about uh, Dragon's Fury. Fear of the Dragon, something like that. It's, it's uh, like loosely based off the Double Dragon property, and it was uh, developed by uh, it was developed by SNK. Um, you're thinking of uh, have... you're thinking of Rage of the Dragons. Rage of the Dragons, yeah. yeah. 
yeah, the, the big, they, I guess they, they weren't able to acquire the double drag, the licensing for Billy and Jimmy, Jimmy Lee. So they had to rename them, but it's loosely based off that, off that IP. And I saw some, some YouTube video of that, of that game being played and that looked freaking amazing. So, um, if that's part of that well of, of IP that they can dip into, I'm all for it. You know, everything that I mentioned before, they're just a great fighting game company. Yeah, I'm still waiting for a Samurai Showdown 5 special to get finally released on the PlayStation 4. I want to dip my toe, get back into the fighting genre a little bit. I haven't even played 14 yet, uh, but I'm looking to, you know, rectify that soon. I know you didn't like the game too much, Kevin. You thought it was too wacky, but... I'm the king. I love I love my wacky characters, so I'm probably going to dig it. So <laughs> yeah, I, I would have. I think it would have been better served as a uh, uh, what is that game that had all them crazy people that they did World uh, Heroes World Heroes title more so than than the King of Fighters. I know King of Fighters has had its share of wacky characters, but this one just had <laughs> it just had a whole bunch of folks that just. Okay, you know, I, I appreciate the I, I appreciate the, the you know the the differences and changes in the roster, but uh, you know, I, I it's just one of my weird idiosyncrasies. But but the game itself is is very good. Good deal. And next new story that kind of caught my eye this week. Um, back in July, Oasis Games and Sony Interactive Entertainment announced Monkey King. Hero is back, a monster-slaying adventure game based on the 2015 movie directed by Tian Xiaoping on there. It's uh, the highest-grossing movie in the history of China at the point of its release on there. So they are developing a game based on the Legend of the Monkey King on there. And Oasis Games announced earlier this week uh, that the game will be released in the West exclusively for PlayStation 4. Uh, the game is a uh, quote-unquote a triple A level production. It's co-developed by Sony Interactive uh, Entertainment of Japan along with uh, Japanese developer Hexadrive on there with the Oasis Games acting as the publisher worldwide on there. There's no release window yet, uh, but uh, they're probably looking to release the movie more than likely in the U.S. at the same time the game comes out on there. And if you're not familiar, the Legend of the Monkey King is a mythological mythological figure very popular in Chinese literature. It's been focused many, many times. I think I've seen movies about the Monkey King uh, before. Um, so, and in the game, players will be able to play as the Monkey King himself or the young monk in training, uh, Zhang Lior. And it will also include both the story of the film and new levels unique to the game on there. So looking at the stills, I'm pretty excited for this one. I think especially with an action-adventure game like this, very stylized graphics, looking good on there. Any opinions, guys, about the trailer or the screenshots that you've seen on this game? Uh, the screenshots looks like there's a lot of large set pieces, and I like action games with yeah. large set pieces. You know, kind of God of War esque. Yeah. Uh, in that in that sense, and I'm liking what I'm seeing. It uh, hopefully the gameplay is on point, and uh, definitely looking forward to to finding out more. At least. Yeah. S E A S E E Japan is working on, and so you know you're probably done with NAC two already. That's in the can, so mm -hmm. they're working their way, you know, on other projects. And this looks like uh, 
something to look very much look forward to. We'll have to see. So, so and also also this week announced for both PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC, the latest um, game in the Sort Art Online series, Fatal Bullet, has been announced on there. This is the first Xbox One Sort Art Online game to come out as well. It's being developed by Dimps. Uh, they're working with Unreal Engine 4 this time on there, and the game is actually an action RPG. It's a first third-person shooter hybrid set in the Gun Gale Online Virtual MMORPG uh, featured in the second Sword Art Online anime season on there. So, and it features a fully original story supervised by the series creator, uh, Riki Kawahara, on there. So, but it's coming out in the West early 2018. Um, for all those consoles, it's uh, basically might be quote unquote. Uh, on the Xbox One, because given the fact of uh, Phil Spencer's visit, like we referenced to earlier, on there to get uh, the game out on the Xbox One console, and plus the fact that it is a online shooter uh, too, as well, might have um, pursued uh, Bandai Namco to release it on the Xbox One platform as well. Uh, the game is going to feature both co-op and versus multiplayer uh, between two and eight players, with cooperative battles against bosses and four by four matches between players as well. On there, so um, given the fact of looking at the uh, screenshots, looking at the uh, trailer, um, it's almost like combining a first-person shooter and a Monster Hunter type of game, all in one fell swoop. Uh, on there, so uh, any opinions about this, guys? Uh, it looks interesting to me enough to where uh, once this game comes out, I might be interested in checking it out for sure. So I'm not sure yet. I mean. Yeah. I mean, you're probably going to pick it up, so I'll play it at your house. I saw the uh, the gameplay video, and it looked pretty looked pretty interesting. Um, I've got to say that this Fatal Bullet looked more interesting than any of the prior Sword Out on- Online games that I've seen. Uh, yeah, just those are the, done by a different developer, so yeah, so. Um, I'm more I'm more interested in in seeing what the gameplay has to what this this particular title has to offer gameplay wise. The other versions of Sword Art Online just really didn't speak to me uh, in in that way. They kind of look like um, like not 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 quite as interesting uh, Tales games in their gameplay. Uh, so. I, the other ones just never really, just never really said buy me, buy me, buy me. So this one kind of says buy me. So I'll, I'm, <laughs> I'll take a closer look at it. It kind of reminds me of Freedom Wars a little bit, the game that came out on the Vita, just by the looks of it, you know. So, mm-hmm. so uh, definitely, it's something in our radar for the future on that. So. And then another uh, game got uh, finalized as far as a release date for uh, 2018. Uh, Yakuza 6, The Song of Life, is coming to the West in uh, March the 20th, 2018, for the PlayStation 4 on there. Um, as far as what's available for the pre-orders, of course, uh, the 59.99 edition will come with an um, art book on there. And along with some special packaging, of course. And then if you want to really go all out, uh, they have the After Hours Premium Edition that's going to be available for $89.99. That will include both a 
hardcover art book on there. Um, two bar glasses. It's going to come with uh, two ice stones on there, so you can chill your drinks automatically and come with two Yakuza coasters and a great collectible outer box to include with all of that on there. So I'm definitely looking forward to buying this and hopefully playing it as well. Um, Yakuza Kiwami, uh, the remake of the first game, is coming out next week. Uh, next Tuesday on August 29th on there. So keep an eye out for that as well. But uh, this will be coming out, like I said, in March. Any interest in this at all? Or are you guys uh, looking forward to Yakuza 6? I'll be getting it for sure. I'll probably end up playing it. I mean, I, I missed the boat on the last one and because this is a prequel, right? Oh, this is the actual newest game in the series, Yakuza 6. So oh. the the first game in the Kiwami comes out like next week. But yeah. That's only that's only going to be 30 bucks. So. Yeah. So I think I'm going to get in Kiwami. Probably going to play that. And then if I like, because that'll be my first entry into the series. And then if I like it, then I'm probably going to get Yakuza 6. For sure. Yeah. I already plunked down at least five bucks for the uh, collector's edition at my local uh, GameStop. So uh, those bar glasses just kind of spoke to me. And then the outer box in the art book, man, this is like, got to get your collector's edition. And hopefully I'll actually use them. Maybe I'll get some good liquor to, like, you know, use those glasses with. So. And next news story, just kind of briefly, a Nintendo Switch is getting a um, Splatoon 2 bundle in September, and it's only going to be exclusive to Walmart on there. So keep an eye out for that if you haven't been able to buy a Switch so far. It comes with a pink and green Joy-Con along with a, a special carrying case to carry your system in as well on there. Uh, as far as retail price, it's going to retail for $379.99. On there, bump up that price by 80 bucks, but with all the goodies you get with it and the special colored Joy Cons, might be well worth it for you. So, um, I know you bought your Switch a lot yesterday, right, Kevin? Yeah, good deal. Congratulations! Thank you, thank you, thank you. Also, free well, not free, but you know, close to being free, right? No, it was free. I paid for both. Uh, my my switch and my and the xbox were zero out of pocket made from the from the flipping that i did at that uh or the boomeranging rather <laughs> from that uh gamestop three for two uh, three for two yeah and the uh the 70 percent for five yeah. trade it that's that's what paid for the switch and the uh uh, the Xbox, uh, the oh. two, the, the two DS, I paid a little money out of pocket for that. Yeah. Uh, cause I had to, you know, go into Walmart and, and swapping out and trading up. Yeah. But everything else out of pocket, not no out of pocket. Woo -woo. All right. And next new story, just to brief, briefly mention, uh, Shenmue 3 will be published by Deep Silver Worldwide. So a lot of people were surprised that they got a deal for a publisher because, you know, this was a Kickstarter game. And uh, Deep Silver will be taking care of the, the distributing and both the physical retail and the digital version of the game in the second half of 2018 on that. And they also will have a little bit more information about Shenmue 3 at Gamescom as well. So... 
and uh, Yu Suzuki will be available for autographs if you happen to be German and at Gamescom in Cologne. <laughs> On there, he'll be available at um, from August 23rd to August 24th at the Deep Silver booth on there. So um, there's going to be some new videos this week also as well as far as what's going on with Shenmue 3. So I'm hoping they have a Shenmue 1 and 2 um, HD collection prior to that to get everyone back in the flow of the series, quote-unquote. So on that uh, next new story, which, hey, if you want to meet us and meet up with us, uh, PlayStation Experience 2017 Early bird tickets are now available. They're available um, for 65 bucks for both days, uh, extra 10 bucks off. And the early bird tickets are limited and will only be sold as long as supplies last on there. Uh, as a bonus, those who purchase an early bird ticket will get access to a special event on September, December 8th, excuse me. Well, they'll have a chance to get up and close and personal with game developers on there. So they haven't really said anything more. But if you want to get your full brunt experience at the PSX this year, you're going to have to buy the, your early bird tickets and grab that. So you could do the uh, it's almost like at Comic-Con where they have like the um, what do they call it, like the uh, release night or what do they call it, Desmond? It's preview night. Preview night. Yeah, it's almost like something in that way. Uh, where they're going to have uh, some uh, extra special event for you to be able to do. So um, I already purchased my tickets. I'm ready to go. Are you guys on board? I'm on board, but I don't think I'd be able to attend the Friday event as my job has me working that Friday. So, yay. <laughs> and I... <laughs> I put in for this time so far in advance, like right when the right when the the, the dates for for PSX were announced. Uh, so yeah, even if I you know I could save the ten dollars, but uh, I won't be able to attend I don't, unless something happens between now and then. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm definitely trying to get in. I, I'm prob I'm a little in the same boat as Kevin. You know, with uh, with work and with school, so um, hopefully I'll be able to go uh, Friday as well. But I definitely want to go. I had a lot of fun the last time I went, so um, which was two years ago. So I definitely want to go. Oh, good deal, yeah. And also, they're going to be holding the Capcom Cup this year as well at the event um, with the dedicated special stage. I'll host matches all day on Sunday on there, so they'll have more information about that. Uh, uh, the two days that it's open will be open on December the 9th from 10 to 10 and uh, on Sunday from uh, 10 to 6 on there. So so um, definitely if you're interested, if you like PlayStation or just like games in general, it's like uh, an easier conference to get into than like say a PAX or uh, another event of some sort. E3, obviously, it's hard, way hard to get into E3. I got to pay... 250 bucks, I think 65 bucks for two days is pretty damn reasonable. So, so I'm definitely looking forward to it again this year. So, so, and hell, you get to meet us in person if you want to. So, hey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the draw right there. <laughs> yeah. You know it. Yeah. You're a party in my hotel room. Woohoo. Okay. And then, 
the last news story to nail this segment because you know this this segment is gives all that extra value and then some. Uh, this is news story actually is interesting to me because I've been kind of itching to play this game. E Valkyrie has announced a new expansion to the game called Warzone on there, and that's going to be coming out on uh, September 26th on there. And the big thing about the update, though, is that um, it will allow for um, non-PlayStation VR owners to be able to play the game on their PS4s. Uh, directly and you'd be able to play with other players that actually own the PlayStation VR version of the game on there as well. Um, They're adding some classic game modes, including capture the flag on there and other game modes that will enhance the game as well on there. And uh, E-Valkyrie Warzone, like I said, will be available on September 26th on there for all current owners of E-Valkyrie. It will be a free update on there if you want to purchase it it will be a hot uh, 29.99 if you're not aware of what e valkyrie is it's a uh, mainly a multiplayer um space sim shooter and it's more on the shooter side than on the sim side on there but um, you're able to do like four versus four like uh, team uh, match to be able to go and fight against another fleet of ships and or uh, taking down like major uh um, f- fleet ships too as well kind of harkens back to the whole like you know turret moments like in the original Star Wars that kind of thing so on that have you guys uh, had any interest in this game whatsoever nope sorry nope don't really but I watch you play it <laughs> I was kind of curious about it I had uh, on one of the other um, another place uh, uh, on a PlayStation centric podcast i heard the host kind of uh talking about this and uh mentioning that they had played it in at at some event when uh during the pre-launch of the psvr and how much that they were impressed by it so um i don't know the fact that there's no campaign it sounds like there's no campaign there's or not there, a campaign, yeah. It's a, it's a like almost like you versus bots. like a rigs. It's like yeah. a you know like a rigs type thing, except it's in space. That's a major uh, drawback for me because uh, I'm not really I'm a multiplayer guy, but only in some games, primarily fighting games, and that's pretty much it. I don't know if I really want to jump too much beyond that. That and Destiny, of course, but. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it'll be interesting if there's going to be a graphic update uh, between uh, the the version that you play only on PlayStation 4 and the version that you play using PSVR. So it'll be interesting if there's going to be a graphics update. And yeah, no one increase. Knowing them, they're pretty prominent as far as graphical fidelity for PC on there. So there will definitely will be a jump in probably the way it looks on the regular PlayStation 4 versus playing on PlayStation uh, 4 VR, at least. And so this kind of caught my eye because of the fact that I've been eager to play something like a space game and more of a uh, player versus player type of game on there. I kind of had fun with the genre in years past on there. And so I'm definitely looking forward to this. In fact, uh, I'm looking to see if I could go by because this is not going to be released in a retail disc at least, but uh, if you're able to pick up the uh, PlayStation 
uh, VR version of eValkyrie proper, you'll be able to get a free update with it. Or just wait for it to pop in the store for 30 bucks. Either way, uh, eValkyrie normally retails for, I think, 40 bucks retail disc, but uh, it's been on sale quite a bit as well. So, mm. so, so if anyone out there is interested in playing, just let me know too. So, uh, we'll see once you know this comes around whether we'll, we'll just be totally focused on Destiny or not. But uh, I will try to make the effort at least. So. <laughs> All right, and that concludes our news segment. Woohoo! We got Ooh. through it. Meaty, meaty. Very All righty, folks. Yeah. All righty, folks. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the games that have been in our rotation this past week. Uh, for me, it's pretty easy. It's been Persona 5, and Still? that's it. Yes. Yikes. Wow. Gift that keeps on giving, man. Yes. Damn. damn. Like, isn't it like 300 hours now or something? Oh, I'm I'm well past that. Wow. I'm, I'm well past that. I'm I'm at 190 hours in my second, uh, in my in my current playthrough. Because remember, I stopped at like 130 something. Yeah. And restarted because my social links were high enough. So yeah, I'm, I've I've blown past that <laughs> a while yeah. ago wow. checking for track still, marks or something man it is just <laughs> as it is just Ooh. as uh exciting and, and endearing to me as it was when i first popped it in so that's my game of the year you know <laughs> it's only august all right then and it's only, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's what i've been playing des what you've been up to man well i've been playing so we started playing, we started doing our, um, our game nights, our, uh, you know, gaming vessels, game nights. And so a lot of people were playing Diablo three. So I went ahead and bought Diablo three again. So I've been playing that. So Joe and I played that and, you know, it's been fun. I started to, I hadn't played it in like a year. So I started playing that with the, doing the new seasonal type stuff and just, just playing through it. It's fun. Uh, getting back into it. I have the Necromancer class, but I probably will end up buying that as well. I got it relatively cheap. Um, and then the other game that I've been playing is Agents of Mayhem. Uh, I've really enjoyed that game. It really speaks to my aesthetics. It speaks to what I like. It's like, it's basically like G.I. Joe, you know, set in, set in the Saints Row, one of the Saints Row universes. So I enjoy it. I enjoy getting the, the characters. I enjoy running around, shooting and gunning. Um, I do think that it's fun that it's a, a multi, it's not a multiplayer game. It's a single, exp a single player experience and that's fun. Uh, but I do some of the things that I've, some of the reviews that I've read and, and watched online, you know, have said that this game is sort of like it, 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 it not having that multiplayer just seems like it, it would, it would have fit so much better, you know? And, and actually after playing it for a while, I kind of do like, I could totally see like, you know, Joe and I, or, or Kevin and I, or just someone else running around the world that they created, because this, the world is very, it's very bright, it's very colorful, it looks like a comic book, it looks like an anime, animated, you know, series, like, it, and, and, it, and it plays out like a, like an over-the-top G.I. Joe cartoon. I mean, that's, that's the aesthetic they were going for, that's the, that's what they were trying to hit, and I think they hit it out of the park, you know, I, I really enjoy the game, I like playing it, so I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely gonna beat it and um, see what's going on with that. But those are oh, and I've been playing the demo for um, 
uh, Monster Hunter stories. I'm in love with that game. I'm in love with that. Just riding around and getting your monsty and all that bullshit and hatching eggs and shit. Like the demo, the demo <laughs> just keeps going. Seriously, like I've been playing the demo for about a week, and I'm like, we're just gonna keep going. All right, let's keep going. You know, so you know, just running around. You know, I enjoy it. It's got me to play my my 2DS. So those pretty much the three games that I've been playing. What about you, Joe? I've uh, been kind of busy this week, but uh, games that I have been playing, of course, talked about Diablo 3 Ultimate Evil Edition. Um, still playing with my monk, of course, up to Act 5. On there getting into the Reaper of Souls expansion. Uh, my character's up to 70, so going up Paragon levels and trying to beat the game so I could kind of open up the uh, other game modes with that particular character. And then um, our gameplay uh, last night, I created a necromancer and did a season 11 uh, character at least for that. So when you do the season character, seasonal character versus uh, just creating character outright, you have no access to like any of your uh, prior like loot on there. Um, you're kind of playing right from the start, you know, just kind of doing a new playthrough and the necromancer character class, pretty badass actually. So I'm uh, just enjoying his powers so far. He has uh, the ability to be able to conjure up a group of skeletons and or a big gigantic golem on there. And so not only that, the character kind of plays a little bit more not um, like a tank, but more like a like a wizard or some sort of character where you're doing a lot of attacks from afar. Obviously, I have the option to be able to go to a scythe, I believe, and then another uh, type of attack method, but it just depends on my loadout and what I want to do with it. But uh, I'm very tempted to keep playing my season. <laughs> I want to keep it to where me and Desmond are at the same uh, level on this, so I'm going to kind of keep that character off to the side for us to play multiplayer with, but at the same time, I'm kind of tempted because of all the goodies with the character, the key, like, just kind of... Start start another one. You can have two You can have two of the same character class. Play oh, that oh, Play that one all the way through the season, and then wait, play another Necromancer that you play with me. It's fine. I mean, that's what I'm doing. I've been, I've been playing the season. I made a Crusader, and I started playing the season by myself just to see what happens. You know? Yeah. Just... just because, I, again, I don't think you've ever beat the game, and I've never beat the game. And so yeah. we're kind of, because we haven't even done the torments or anything like that, because we just haven't we just haven't stuck at it and, like, beat the game. It's like, once you beat the game, the game is, that's after the game opens up. So there's, like, a whole, like, 75% of the game, or, you know, 65% that we're not playing. To, yeah, I know. You know. It's just killing me, because, like, I played a literal metric uh, S10, just like... <laughs> Kevin said with Persona 5, you know, I played a lot of Diablo 3 in my lifetime. You know, it was a couple of years ago, but still, I'm still enjoying it. So, Those uh, por portable-wise, uh, New Super Mario Brothers 2 is still on my wheelhouse. I've gotten done with World 4. I'm on my way to World 5. And so, the game is still the gift that keeps on giving. I need to get back to Dragon Quest 8 and also download the Monster Hunter Stories demo. It's just like too many games, too many games coming out. I just need to, like, maybe, you know, call insect to work like a, for an entire week or something get caught up you know so you got vacation time use it play these games i know also i played for about an hour i established a um japanese psn account and i wanted to do that because I, I used to have a ps a japanese psn account on my playstation 3 and there was a metric s10 of uh 
themes and other free content that's, that's available on the PlayStation uh, store in Japan, uh, like a Dragon Quest XI backgrounds, a ton of Fantasy Star Online 2 backgrounds, along with like um, and some Center and Kagura free downloads and that kind of thing. So, so uh, included with my downloads, though, I did download a demo of uh, Ease 8 which is coming out for the PlayStation 4 and second week of September. So I wanted to get an idea as far as how the game played on there. And that game is phenomenal from what I played. It's just, uh, if you never played the E series, it's very action oriented, um, much more action oriented than even something like uh, Zelda. And you alternate between uh, three different characters uh, on the fly on there it's not like a tales game where you go into like a separate uh, menu or a separate uh, screen for combat it's all done in real time uh, out in the field and so it kind of reminds me a little bit of a game like uh, you want to say like secret of mana or like um, um, like uh, kingdoms of amalar or something like that but the more of japanese bent but the, the e series has always been focused on action you know and it's role-playing schematic and so I'm very much looking forward to Ease 8 coming out uh, for PS4, and the demo played well. I kind of didn't, like, try to finish the demo because the demo's in Japanese, of course. So and, <laughs> obviously it's just he, me hitting the uh, circle button to go on to the next line of text. And, uh, you know, I want to be able to get a taste but not necessarily uh, – try to get the uh, full demo experience uh, just because I don't want to try to translate the moon language So on that. So. Any of you guys looking forward to Ease 8? I know we talked about it ad nauseum previously, so. Nah. Me? Yeah, I'm curious. I'm definitely curious yeah. about it. I'll be checking it out. But, uh, hey, Des, let me ask you this question, going back to Agents of Mayhem real quick. Sure. Um, do you think it Do you think it plays more like a, say, like a Crackdown game or a, a Saints Row, one of the, the mo- more modern Saints Row titles? That that and do you miss not having a detailed character creation? Okay, well, definitely miss a detailed character creation. I mean, putting skins, it's it is, it is volition's take on a third on a hero shooter being third person set in a pseudo GI Joe world. I mean, that's that's literally what it is. I mean, and they 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 curse, they 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 crack jokes. Is it as you know, raunchy and ruckus as a Saints Row game? No, not at all. Um, it's not. It's not like Crackdown. I mean, the, the, I think the only reason they're 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 comparing it to Crackdown is because of how bright it is, and how, how those cities in Crackdown look futuristic and it's all bright and and neon and colorful. Because that's that is the aesthetics. I mean, the, the aesthetics are the same in in both games almost. It's just you can't destroy anything in this game. So. So you I mean you can destroy the cars and stuff like that. You can knock stuff over, but but there is no you know warrant destruction of of like city blocks and stuff like that. That that just doesn't happen. So um, so there's that. But it's just I don't know. I just it it plays like a shooter. It plays like a third person hero shooter. I mean, it plays a little bit like Overwatch. It plays a little bit like. Like all of those games, it's just it's third person, and by that I mean the reticles. The the everyone has a super a special. Everyone has a special. Everyone has a, a mayhem ability, 
and then you have things that that kind of alter your character like perks that you put in three different perks then you have these other three different things that you can add add to each of your character and then there's skins that you do so again it's 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 volition's take on like overwatch is a good it's, it's like a third person overwatch and instead of you playing with a whole bunch of other people you play with one team and then you switch on the fly now the switching on the fly is pretty fucking cool because it's it it makes combat a little bit more um it makes combat a little bit more uh tactical in the fact that you have certain certain characters have certain abilities that will help in in various different dealing with various different people like you have certain people whose guns will will crack armor you have certain people's guns who will crack shields certain who do who do different types of damage so what's really cool is if you're fighting a boss and you have and you have the right people, the right three people, one of the characters will tell you, "Hey, let me get a crack at this player. Let me get a crack at this ombre or whatever they whatever they say. They they have a catchphrase or some bullshit like that." And then you change that character, and then that character will you can like shoot their shields down and then switch back to your heavy. So so in that aspect, the the combat has a little bit more a, a little bit more of a tiered to it it's like leveled you know it's 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 very interesting i was because i thought you know oh you're just gonna switch on the fly and you can shoot this guy and if you get tired of playing that guy you switch the other person and you do this but no it's like in the the way they move the characters movements like some characters can actually climb on walls like spider-man other ones can't others jump higher and they have different debuffs and buffs that can buff your team it just there's a lot more going for the game that i think people that I think people uh, originally put into it within the combat. Does the combat get repetitive? Sure. I think every shooter gets repetitive. I mean, that's that's what you do. You run around, you shoot people, you know, and then that's it. I mean, I don't know. I just You run through different corridors, you shoot people, and you complete a mission. I, I, I don't know what people are wanting. When people say, like, oh, it's too repetitive, or it's too this or too that, it's like, what, what do you expect? I mean, it has a formula. It's working the formula. You know, it, it recreated... It created, it, it created just enough to be interesting and fun that I'm like, okay, this is a game that I can that I can that I can do. I like the characters. All the characters are interesting. They're all their backstories are animated, um, so it plays out like a like a cartoon, like a, literally like a like a like a GI Joe cartoon. Um, it's a fun game, and it's and I think I think you can beat it. I think people were saying you can estimate you can beat it in like 20 hours. Um, that's if you go linear and don't open up anything else or do any of the side missions. If you do all the side missions and everything like that, it can take you a, a lot longer, you know. But I, I'm enjoying the world that Volition has created. Again, I like comic books. I like superheroes. So it speaks to my aesthetic. It speaks to who I am. So, yeah, I, I love it. I know that okay. was a bit longer than you were expecting, Kevin. I'm sorry. No, actually, I, I wanted to hear that because... <laughs> I was under the impression that the switching on the fly, switching characters on the fly was just kind of like, that's like the hook, you know, oh, I'm laying waste with the heavy. Let me jump in with my melee guy or let me jump in for my, you know, there's someone, you know, just kind of switching just to be switching. That, that's that's how, too. Nope. That's how some of the, the, the game, the gameplay was presented to me. Uh, but it looks like there's some logic behind it. So yep. if you're going in and taking on a, a particular mission, you need to make sure that you have the right people with the right set of skills to better handle 
that objective. And and I I'm glad that there's more to it than just oh let me switch out one guy for another. Yeah. And, the, and it's hard another. too. It can get like, there's like I think there's I think there's like 14 different different um, difficulty levels depending on what you're playing. And I have to say like I I bought it. I want to say I bought it on Wednesday and I started playing it on Thursday and I've played it pretty much every day and I've opened up four of the 14 characters. I think there's 12 actually. And there's two extra characters like Gat is one. And then there's another that they're both time released. But even if you, even with those, um, I played it on the recommended, which is like level three or something. I, I bumped it up to level four and the game got considerably harder. And I was like, wow you know this is very interesting you know how how the game got harder i was like well damn like i mean it's not impossible and i'm able to play it but i'm like it's it was very challenging just just turning it up one notch i was like wow okay and you can and you can do that on the fly you can change the 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 difficulty on the fly so i think that just changes i think that just changes like how much damage they can take and how many how many things come at you did you did you play did you play uh Gat Out of Hell or the other ones, Kevin? I did not play Gat Out of Hell. I did play the last two Saints Row uh okay. titles as well as like Saints Row One. Did I, I think I missed two. Two was and great. Then I came, <laughs> yeah. Two and was the I, banner one. Two was the best one, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I missed two and then I came back for three and four. Mm. So this one plays a little bit like four in that you can like jump around, you can double jump and and and, and you know when when the when you would start killing an alien and then you'd get like a warrant and more aliens would come out and then more aliens would come out and then more aliens would come out and then the then the super heavy alien would come out. That's kind of that kind of happens again in this one as well, um, but they give you more stuff. So so that that was a returning mechanic from 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 get out of hell and from the fourth one but other than that it, it's a fun game it, it is a fun game um i would say if you're not super into you know comic books or gi joe or stuff like that you could probably wait for a sale because they're definitely gonna they're definitely gonna put a sale on it but for me this was a day one purchase for me because i i like volition i like saints row i i like the company so and i, and I like what they're trying to do so i supported okay. them cool Cool. All righty, everybody. So, uh, all righty. With that, let's move on to. Uh, and I'm gonna keep this quick. Let's move on to the games that are dropping this week, uh, which is my segment. Hello, everybody. Um, so, <laughs> so the games that are coming out this week that, that sh- you should probably spend your hard-earned ducats on is uh, we're getting two uh, Naruto Superten Shippuden. Shippuden. Thank you, Superden. <laughs> Sorry, it's getting a little wacky. We've been going on for a while now. Uh, and, uh, Naruto Subiden, and it's a uh, Ultimate Ninja Storm Legacy and and Trilogy. So there's two games coming out, and then we get a uh, Western release date and box uh, a box art. It's coming out August 24th. Um, so both games will be available on August 25th. But certain European countries, for instance Italy, will be getting physical releases of Naruto Shippuden and ultimate ninja storm legacy a day earlier on august 21st and uh so the ultimate ninja storm legacy includes all four titles of the series physically and 
digitally for PS4, Xbox One, and exclusively in digital format for the PC via Steam. Europe is also getting a Steelbook edition, which I hope was coming here, but oh well, with a bonus disc dedicated to the anime series and an art book. Well, that sucks. It should be coming this Anyway, so Nintendo uh, Super in Ultimate Ninja Storm Trilogy will be available uh, only from digital storefront, and it's uh, dedicated to those who already purchased uh, Naruto Shupuden Ultimate Ninja Storm 4 Road to Baruto. So it will come out, uh, come with the first three games only. So, yeah, the older games, uh, including the trilogy, will be remastered with, Jap- with Japan getting uh, the package a month earlier uh, for only of her PS4 on July 27th. So it's already out. In Japan, so yay, Japanese yeah. people. Yeah, for U.S., I know I put in that news story. It's more focused on Europe, but for U.S., it's coming yeah. out on the twenty fifth. The twenty fifth on there. Uh, GameStop does have it available for pre order. It does include the art book, the steel book case, and the collector's box, including uh, two two game discs and a uh, special anime disc as well. So, so that is coming to the U.S. Yes, it's coming out to the U.S. So it's going to be out this week. So eighty bucks. Get you all four Ultimate Ninja Storm games on there. So all remastered, one through three are remastered for PS4 yeah. on there. So, so the one thing I was always sad about that series is is I I love I love Naruto. I thought it got a bit um, overhyped and over and over popular for for a while there. I I was kind of like oh this is this is too mainstream blah. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> I always hated the fact that you could never create your own ninja. I always wanted. I always wanted to create my own ninja and to learn my own uh, jutsus and all that stuff like that and actually create a ninja and meet, you know, Naruto, to meet Sasuke, to, to meet all of the people um, and actually play and go on missions with them like and have it be an original story. That was the one thing I wanted from that series, you know. But, eh, it is what it is. So, if you're interested in that game, pick it up. Are you, Kevin? I know you played the other ones before, right? I've played through the other ones before. Uh, one and two were fantastic. Three, not so much. Uh, four, uh, Road to Boruto, I have not played it because I have not watched any of the Boruto anime yet. So, I'm kind of putting that on hold until I can get into Boruto. I still haven't really finished Shippuden, actually, to be honest. So, um The only thing that I, the only thing that I have about the, those games are some of them are kind of long, at least you know they were for me, and they're great. They animate well. There's this this it's simplified combat, and but there's really once you finish them, there's really not a whole lot of replay, unless you want to go online and play, and that and that type of game is just not. It's not for me as far as online goes because it's just a lot of button mashing. I'm sure there, I'm sure there's a there's a metric to it and the strategy to it, but it's too it's it's combat just seems too simple for me. So, um, but I've enjoyed playing through the stories, and if you've never played them, I would highly recommend checking it out because they're a lot of fun. But just for me, there was not a whole lot of replay value after the the campaigns were done. Okay. Alrighty, so we have uh, another game, uh, Mages of Mysterialia's <laughs> Mages of Mysterialia. Yay. Um it was released back in the on the PC in May and but the developers of this 
of this action adventure R- RPG title have I basically say that's coming out for the PS4, and that will be out on August 22nd. So, Mages of Mysterialia tells the tale of Zia, a young girl who has only recently realized her ability to wield magic. As she goes on her journey through the land of Mysteriala, she also gains new powerful runes that allow her to enhance her spells and craft new ones. So, basically, the hook on this game is uh, it's, an, it's an indie developer, which is great, and we should support indie developers. And uh, you create your own magic spells, which I think is really kind of cool because that was the one thing I really enjoyed from um, Elder Scrolls Oblivion is you could create your own spells, which are variations of other spells that they actually had in the game, but you could tweak their damage and what they did and their effects, and I really enjoyed that. And so they actually they have a game that actually uh, embraces that and allows you to make you know your own spells and do your own effects i mean that's kind of cool so i might be i might have to pick this this game up and it's a you know it's a it looks like it's an it's an action rpg so there's going to be probably you know a lot of fun and a lot of cutesiness um but again it's it's available now on pc for 24.99 and then the ps4 version you know comes out on august 22nd and it's unclear what the price is going to be but everyone's assuming that it's going to be 24.99 and it's unclear if Xbox One uh, will also be released on this date. So it is coming out to Xbox One, but we're just not sure when. So it's a later date. It's a later date for sure. Yeah, so just know when. So are any of you interested in this game? Creating your own spells, playing a little, playing a little girl with red hair, running around. It's very the the some of the scenes are very Disney esque, you know, and it's very bright and colorful and cutesy. So you know, she ain't killing nobody. I kind of made it a point to kind of mention it because uh, I played this a bit at PSX last year, actually. So, And they've been at PSX for like the last two years, actually, showing this game off. They've been kind of working on this game. You know, it originally started as a Kickstarter uh, where they pretty much had almost the whole entire game done, but they did the Kickstarter just to kind of cap everything off, you know, and to be able to get the extra push to get the game out on there. And I know they're working with the... Same guy that uh, was doing a lot of the PR for um, Axiom Verge on there. So he's very prominent as far as trying to get uh, the name out, get the game out. And it seemed like it was pretty fun. I mean, creating my own spells, obviously, at a trade show <laughs> wasn't exactly the most intuitive thing. But once I got going, once I got the gameplay hooks in, it definitely um, kind of... Uh, got me interested in it and it's good to see that they finally got the game done and get out uh, for at least uh, PlayStation 4 at least on there and probably could get it on a Steam sale if I take a look at that but um, you know it's been out for a while on Steam it's getting very good reviews on Steam too on there it has a very positive on Steam so that's good good sign and a lot of good reviews uh, back and forth like a lot of 8s and 9s like Game Informer gave, uh, gave it an 8 out of 10 on there you know, kind of said that piercing all these runes into a new master spell made me feel like the most creative mage who ever lived <laughs> quote unquote <laughs> so cool. and the metacritic seems like it's a it's a 75 metacritic so it's not too bad it's uh gotten some awards too so you know so i'm gonna give it a good shake you know just so much games coming out this month next month yep. it might be hard to find either one the time to buy it or the time to play it either one or the other so mm-hmm. yeah gotta make time yeah and so the last game that's dropping uh this week is one game that everyone knows about and it's from a fantastical 
legacy of games, Uncharted, and this is the Lost Legacy. And it will be released on August 22nd, and in Europe, one day later, on August 23rd, exclusively on PS4. So, sorry, Xbox people, you will not get it. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, you all know about it. It's been, they, they've been pushing it. Night Dog has been pushing it. If you do, you know, no, you, you, you must know about Nathan Drake, but it's about these two, you know, female protagonists running around, globetrotting, having fun. Chloe and Nadine, you know, and basically you're, you, they work together and it, there's there's non-linear uh, portions of the game that basically track how they interact with each other and and it's like how their relationship progresses should lead to a specific or different types of endings so it, it looks pretty cool you know um for whatever reason i never really got into the never really got into the um the uncharted, uncharted series um i know i probably should i know they did a remaster so maybe if it's really cheap, I'll I'll pick it up. But I I don't know. I've I've always I've always been a fan of like Laura Croft. So and it just seems like this is the, you know, this is the you know Tallywhacker version of her. So it's like all right. So yeah, the the series is really good, and you get the HD collection. I've seen it on sale going down to ten bucks at some retailers. Okay. So so maybe I pick it up at some point. Are either of you two interested in this game? I'll be buying it, but uh, not right away because I haven't finished Uncharted 4 uh, because, like I said, everything stopped with Persona 5. So, Persona. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's, it's, it'll, it'll be picked up once I wrap up Pers- uh, Uncharted 4, and I won't touch any of my other games until P5 is done. So There you go. All yeah, right. um, I thought about buying it, but I know it. Um, I haven't like Kevin. I haven't finished Uncharted Four yet, and the only reason why I was thinking about picking it up, it comes with a free downloadable code for uh, the first Jacks and Daxter, because uh, it's a Naughty Dog game, and so they're giving that as a pre-order bonus of all things. <laughs> so it's a, a PS4 remaster of the PS2 game. So okay, <laughs> well, yay. It's- um, kind of random cool. yeah it's random but whatever so um so yeah that's it that's the the other games that's got coming out you know this week so go buy some games folks well, there's lots of games support the industry there's one more game i threw in the outline and i apologize desmond because i updated it after the show started but uh it's kind of once you once you mentioned it earlier in the show way long time ago <laughs> is uh path of exile the fall of orath is coming out for Xbox One this week, actually. So it's coming out on Thursday. So um, X, that game is pretty much in the same kind of uh, wheelhouse as Diablo. It's a, definitely a grinding game. It's a free-to-play game on there. And uh, the graphics are a bit uh, more. Um, the graphics are more. They're not as fan, fantastical or bright as Diablo. So I think that's one of the things that that kind of stuck out to me. It it looks a lot, it looks more akin to uh, Wolves of Mythgard. 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 Um, vikings so yeah the vikings game yeah yeah. this is another diablo clone so so yeah um and that if anything that might be one of the reasons why i buy an xbox because that game looks fun it looks really really fun yeah i'll be definitely downloading and taking a look at it if i get time (laughs) so but it's coming on august 24th for uh xbox one free to play on there so pretty much it's open Uh, obviously you're able to buy points to update your cosmetics your, your character and that kind of thing uh on there i'm not sure how 
pay to win or everything. I think it's pretty well balanced from what the PC audience has been saying about it. So, so no, I definitely looking forward to it. So, well, all right then. Uh, and we're going, to, we're going to move into the ending sequences of our show. And we know it's been a, been a long ride, but there is a lot of content that broke, uh, well, today, as we're recording on the 20th and uh, this past week, we want to make sure we brought it all to you. And uh, there won't be a trading post this week because there really weren't any uh, deals going on uh, of note. Is that correct, Trader Joe? That's correct. Nothing okay. I can see that's interesting. I think Persona 5, if you really, the game of the year, game of the century for uh, Kevin here is on sale for $39.99 at Best Buy this week, so. So if you happen to be listening to this show uh, the week it comes out, uh, it is available for 40 bucks. So if you have Gamers Club Unlocked, it's even a hot $31.99. So, mm -hmm. so that's the only deal of note that I saw, at least. So. Okay, uh, definitely worth the cost of admission, in my humble opinion. Uh, game nights. Uh, just a reminder, folks, our game nights are on Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern, Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, so what we've got in the rotation right now for game nights is Killing Floor 2, which if you're a PlayStation uh, PlayStation Plus member, uh, it, is it still free right now? No, it was free, like, I think, a month or two a ago. A month ago? So, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so if, you're a PlayStation, if you've been a PlayStation Plus member and you've been keeping up with your downloads of your free games... Uh, you should have Killing Floor 2 in your library. Uh, we were also in the in rotation is Diablo 3, uh, the Ultimate Evil Edition. So, and that can be had for pretty low if you don't have Diablo 3 in your library. So, but as always, we are open to whatever our listeners or whatever our community wants to wants to play. So be sure to hit us up on PlayStation Network. Uh, I can be reached at Shonuff7. Uh, Trader Joe can be reached at uh, reached at Kamunagara, K-A-M-U-N-A-G-A-R-A. -A -A. And Dez can be reached at Nemotigger, N-E-M-O-T-G-G-R. Is that, that right? that right, Dez? T-G-G-R? That's that correct. Okay. Hey, I got it right. Yay! Um, also... On our social, our social media, uh, I can be reached at Shonuff71. Joe can be reached at Joe Fongool. Dez can be reached at Nemo Cub on the Twitter verses there. And if, as we've mentioned before, we've had some guests on the show recently. We are good friends, Al. Uh, uh, we've had uh, Al Burko. We've had the Surgeon Fire, our most recent uh, most recent guests, and we've had. Uh, uh, was it Chase? It was Chase. No, right? no, no, Not no, Chase? sir. I'm going to beat you. It's Raphael. Okay. Raphael. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. I'm old and I have a bit, I have a terrible memory. <laughs> okay. So no, no offense, Raphael, if you're listening yes. to this. So. Yes. Uh, if you want me to be in privately, just let me know. Uh, I, I, have gun, I have guns, sir. That is not going to <laughs> No one's beating anyone. Okay, okay, sorry. So um, <laughs> if, if you want to be... No comment. <laughs> if you want to be a part of this, of, of this wonderful community-based podcast, and we hope you do, 
we can be reached at gamingvessels at gmail.com. Just let us know uh, what you'd like to talk about, and we'll be more than happy to get you scheduled uh, and be a co-host on an upcoming episode. So, uh, and again, we can be reached at gamingvessels at gmail.com. So, it's been a long show, <laughs> but we're finally at the end. Uh, thank you, folks, for joining us uh, for Season 1, Episode 14. I'm Shonuff71. That's Dez, the Bay Area Terror, Nemo Cub. That's Joe, a.k.a. Joe Fangul, the Food Max of Gaming. Happy and me. we will be back next week, God willing, with Season 1, Episode 15, hopefully a little bit shorter than <laughs> this week's episode of Gaming Vessels Podcast. Peace.